What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little bit Left Jab Productions present Edge of Sports bit. Radio, where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Shmada Kid. Boom! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. I'm Dave Zarn. Joined, as always, by a man who was just held hostage the other night by several teammates to insist he stay here at SiriusXM. Dan Baker, DB, you got the Paul Pierce treatment, man. I didn't get the emoji battle over it, though, so I'm a little, little disappointed. I, I didn't get the love that DeAndre Jordan did. Well, maybe if you had the greatest field goal percentage in NBA history, <laughs> it would be different. By the way, just another thing that just seems like totally bizarre, like things I've learned in the last 24 hours about DeAndre Jordan. He's an offensive force. Does that does that mean anything? No. Not no, particularly. Not, not when you dunk it so much. And Mean Mark Barry, how you doing, Mean Mark? I have more fingers than some players in the NFL right now. That's sad, man. It's sad. I mean, man, it's probably you, not the nicest thing to say, but no, I do. No, you just made a Jason Pierre-Paul joke. I was, I was thinking more of the, the quarterback, the C.J. Wilson, who lost two fingers as well, who nobody's talking about. Fourth-round no. pick for the Buccaneers. How did he lose two fingers? Also fireworks. No. Yeah. I didn't hear about this at all. Yeah, he lost his first and second finger on his left hand. It's crazy. Dude, which means he now will probably still throw less interceptions than uh, Jameis Winston. I mean, he's the he, he he's the cornerback, so he might catch less interceptions, but yes. I mean, oh, I cornerback. get it. See, I blew the joke in every which I'd never heard of C.J. Wilson. Who do you know? Not at all. Hey, Sam, how are you? <laughs> we got Sam here. Sam is here, too. So glad to have you, Sam. Samantha, everybody. So, Samantha, we're talking about players missing fingers. Um, Mark made a joke about it. I don't particularly find that funny. What about you? Do you find uh, people's disabilities amusing? I, I do not. I don't either. I don't. <laughs> By with the fact that he's my husband, so I have to laugh. Oh, I, nor did I say I in know. any shape or so, form that you, oh. I, I did I not even to, I plan reveal to the public. Him, I know I'm going to plan on making him feel bad about that one for a That's long good. time. That's good. That's good. I want I want Mark because you know we didn't make Mark cry over his Johnny Manziel no. prediction that he would throw for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns this year. You still, still have time. Still going to happen. 
Boardwalk. And hey, we got a hell of a show this week. We're going to wrap up everything with Sharina Med with the Women's World Cup. We are also going to speak about this DeAndre Jordan, my favorite um, off-season story. I don't know, ever. And we're gonna and Mean Mark is gonna kick off about uh, the free agency banana. Nope. No, the nope. all star game. All star game. Baseball. Something it's baseball, baseball related. Yeah. I, I know all about baseball. <laughs> you got the the Washington Senators and the St. Louis Brown. No, those yep. aren't teams. Wait, we gotta go. We'll be back right after this. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, joined by Mean Mark Barry. How you doing, Mean Mark? I'm doing so good. And Sam, how you doing, Sam? Excellent. Excellent. Well, Sam, I know that DeAndre Jordan drama cannot sustain me for the entire summer. So I need to know what's happening in the world of baseball. And we're about to hit the all-star <laughs> break. And I thought, who makes baseball more exciting than Keith Olbermann. But I can't get Keith Olbermann. So I thought, who makes baseball more exciting than Mark Barry? Answer, Keith Olbermann. But I can't get Keith Olbermann. So, Mark... Does this make me almost Keith Olbermann? I mean... I have a quick confession. Yes. I always change the channel when Keith Olbermann starts talking about baseball. Wow. I listen to his commentary, and then I'm like, I'm done. Wow, when he gets to the baseball stuff. See, actually, I think he makes baseball interesting. (laughs) I could be wrong. Um, Maybe I just have a... A thing about baseball. Yeah. Maybe it's just base. Maybe no one could make it interesting. Maybe yeah. you could have like Morgan Freeman. I mean, Mark tries. I, mm, I cannot do it. No. He's tried though. Well, Mark. Well, let's hear him try. Now him. you get to try right now. We're about to hit the All Star break. What do you got for us, man? All right. Uh, <clears throat> what, what, what do you want to talk about? We, let's, let's. I want to know first and foremost contenders, halfway point MVPs. We're at the we're at the midpoint, man. To use midpoint. language that you might understand, we're at the fifty yard line. Whoa. Whoa, whoa! You're and mixing sports here. We're at since we're at the 50 yard line, attempting to score goals. We need to know from you before we get checked off the ice. Mm-hmm. Who do you like in the World Series? Who are your MVPs? Who are your Cy Young winners? Go for the gold, Mark. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ramp up into the picks by talking about the actual All Star Game, which is going to be coming next next week, uh, playing in Cincinnati. It's a it's a weird situ- ah the natty in summer exactly it's a it's a weird situation and Major League Baseball has created a game that's an exhibition that you shouldn't care about but you have to care about because the winner of it actually gets the home field advantage in the World Series so you vaguely have to care about it I want to talk about a couple players that are not on the All Star roster that should be on the All Star roster and I'm going to start with I mean it's a hot button thing everybody's going to talk about it Alex Rodriguez should be in the All Star game absolutely absolutely he should be. I, the 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 fact that you've got three catchers and two designated hitters on the team, and not Alex Rodriguez is insane. Uh, he is currently around, among current players. He is the leader in runs, hits, home runs, RBIs, walks, total bases, and hit by pitches for career numbers. And and all star games are not necessarily just about this year. It's Wait, about he's among the leaders. No, he's he, not leading the league in home runs. No, no, no. It's like in terms of career numbers. Oh, of career all, numbers. Sure. Career numbers of all these people. I, I mean, he's having a good season. He's not having a great season. But in terms of career numbers, you pay to see those kind of like historical people. And whether baseball wants it to be or not, A-Rod is one of those historical people. 
Sure. Uh, I mean, also you can talk about Joey Fado, uh, first baseman for the Cincinnati Reds, who are maybe he definitely have one player on the National League team, uh, closer oldest Chapman, and and Johnny Cueto may win the final fan vote, but Vado is one of the cornerstone players of that franchise. And he you make the All Star game? No. Wow. No. no not an alternate. No Vado. No. Not so much. Dang. All right. I see. I see you guys starting to glaze over. So let's go. To, let's go to some picks here. Yeah. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Let's go to picks. <laughs> All right. Let's do MVPs. Talking about an exhibition game I will not watch. You will not. Played okay. in a city I have issues with. Wow. So go ahead. You're just, you're just pissing off Cincinnati here right now. Nah, because my people there know why. Okay. They love me. All right. All right. Go ahead. MVP, National League. It's Bryce Harper. It's not even close. Bryce Harper has 25 home runs right now. He is on pace to hit 50 home runs. The reason he's going to be MVP is not because of his home runs, but it's the, the amount of times he actually walks. Mm-hmm. His uh, his on base percentage. Sam, you're a fan of Bryce Harper. I'm a fan of the body issue that just came out. Oh yeah, there there is that. And he is beautiful on the cover of it. Yeah. Oh, you've got is... you've got the Bryce Harper cover. Uh, I think they have multiple covers. Actually. Oh, I have the Bryce Harper cover. Okay, fair enough. Go All ahead, right. Mark. All right. I mean, more possibly more impressive than his body is his body of work. I don't, Whoa, I don't know about that. Very nice. So uh, his on base nice percentage, transition four seventy one from is, his abs is leading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't I can't compete with his abs. Uh, <laughs> so he he not is, only are his abs fabulous, his numbers of walks are fabulous too. Is that a good transition? That's pretty good. He's he, he's already has a career high thank you, thank for, a career high season season long stats for walks. So far, uh, at, at the halfway point, and his on-base percentage is better than any other player in the league right now. Unbelievable! It's insane. It's like one out of every two times he comes up, he gets on base. No, it's historically high. I think right now it's a top eight in terms of OPS. Yes, in history, it's and insane. You look at that top eight, and I be- I could be wrong about this, but I believe three of them are Babe Ruth and two of them are Barry Bonds. So you're only talking about like. Five players ahead of him. Pretty much. I'm not good at math. I mean, he's having like a Ted Williams season right now. Yes. It's, it's insane. All right. Going to the American League. I'm going to keep it local, even though this is totally not a local thing. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles' Manny Machado is crazy good right now. Uh, coming into the season, he had he's coming off back-to-back knee injuries, first on the left knee and second on the right knee. I might be alter- alternate on that. But what's crazy about that is he is on pace to have 30 steals with two reconstructed knees. So, wow, and, and playing his usual stellar defense. Playing stellar days. defense, possibly hitting 30 home runs and 30 steals, which would be the first time that someone has joined the 30-30 club since 2012, uh, since really? Mike Trout and uh, and Ryan Brown were able to do it back then. Wow. would be the seventh player and Ryan since Brown a little bit. Syringy! Hey, whatever you got to do to get to the numbers, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, the fact that Machado, you've got the Orioles and their their staff, which is not stellar, uh, and an offense that, that puts together a lot of a lot of pieces that aren't necessarily name brands. And they're still in the hunt. Absolutely. They're two and a half games back in the Orioles, and the, the, they're going to make the playoffs on the back of Machado. Wow, that's a heck of a prediction. Yes. And do you like, so you like Machado as a dark horse MVP candidate? I think so. Absolutely. He's my choice in the AL MVP. Uh, Cy Young's will go quicker here. Max Scherzer. You don't have to go quicker. I'd like to hear this. Okay. Uh, for the Nationals, the Scherzer thing- is just Scherzer. lights out. Scherzer, Scherzer, uh, Scherzer. It's, it's not. It's not even close. If you look at the Nationals and the fact that they're three and a half games up, they have had so many people on the disabled list so far on the offense, with the exception of of Bryce Harper. They've basically every single positional player has spent some time on the d- disabled list and are and or is doing it right now. 
they've lost Spin. They're still down Worth. Uh, they are still without Rendon for a very, except for a very short period. You've got the, the you've got the pitching staff led by Max Scherzer, who almost threw back to back perfect games and has thrown so many scoreless innings. He's 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 hands down the uh, the Cy Young pick in the, in the National League. If we're going to go to the American League. My uh, my choice is not necessarily Dallas Keuchel, who is going to win 20 games for the Houston Astros. My choice is Chris Sale, who is the best pitcher on the worst team in baseball. The Chicago White Sox are real bad, like so bad. And as a White Sox fan, it hurts me to say that they're so bad. But what but is so, so bad? They're real. They're really bad. Chris Sale is not going to win 20 games, but what he's going to do is strike a lot of people out. Uh, he is currently averaging 11.9 uh, strikeouts per nine innings. He he threw four straight games with at least uh, 10 strikeouts, and he is, has a whip of uh, 0.994, which means so walks, walks and hits, walks and per, hits innings per innings pitched. pitched. So he is averaging less than one. That's part of that. Absolutely heretical thought that a walk is as good as a hit. It absolutely is. So no, he's, it's he's not. He has a hit feeds momentum more than a walk. Momentum. Don't we believe in momentum in sports? We don't. Mm. Only in baseball. It also could be a double momentum? or triple. It could be. But why but don't get we you on base? In, it's a possible run. Man. I, I don't understand. Like like the way a stadium feels when you get a hit. People beshaw that. You know, writers beshaw that. But when you talk to players. It's a different kind of feel. It's like, hey, he got to that pitcher. Maybe I can get to him too. There's a different feel. And all I got to say to all the stat heads out there who say that a walk is as good as a hit, you'll never know how good meatloaf can taste on Thursdays. Bam. Enough said. Mic drop. So, Sam. Yeah. Your thoughts on meatloaf. (laughs) When done correctly with a mushroom glaze. Nothing better, I don't think. Not a fan? I, I What's your desert I'm... island food? Because to me, fried chicken, amazing. With honey. Mashed potatoes. Oh, with gravy? Yes. Mark. I, f- I, feel, like, I feel like this is, re- you're trying very hard to not talk about baseball right now. <laughs> Mark, World Series, who you like? All right, my, my picks before the year were the Dodgers and the Red Sox. The Dodgers seems like a very good pick still. I'm still on board with it. The Red, Red Sox, Sox is a horrific pick. They're in last place. They're five games down. Awful pick. But they're, they're five games down. The, everything I'm Infighting, getting. I hear. There's a possibility of infighting. Still, you make one or two pitching uh, pitching trades, and they could definitely come on back. My sleeper for the American League this year is going to be the Angels. I think that uh, mm, I think Pujols. that Albert Pujols is having Tremendous a great year. Comeback year. And then you've got Jared Weaver at the staff. I it's like I like I like the Angels, even though Mike Sosha just kicked their uh, general manager out of the uh, franchise. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow, Jerry Depoto. Sosha with a lot of pull, given he won a World Series like seven years ago, man. Two thousand two, dude. Yeah, like nine years ago, he beat dude, Barry Bonds. Two thousand two. Yeah, do the math. Hey, we got to go to break. We'll be back after this and talk to Shireen Ahmed. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here in Edge of Sports Radio celebrating the lowering of the Confederate flag from South Carolina and the Washington football team losing their trademark suit. And in the feeling of social justice, I can't think of a person I would rather speak to right now than the proprietor of ShireenAhmed.com. This is now a thing. ShireenAhmed.com. Hi, guys. Your one stop. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm doing my intro. Oh, your, your one stop shop 
for all things Sharina Med. And if people want a one-stop shop for all the writing, talking, contact information for all the wonderfulness that is Sharina Med, there's only one person that you should talk to, and that is the person we have on the line right now, Joanna Sims. No, I'm just kidding. Shereen Ahmed. Very nice to have you on the show, Shereen. Thank you. That's like the nicest introduction I've ever been given, probably. Thank you. I don't even know who Joanna Sims is. I was just trying to think of a very boring Anglo name after saying oh. Shereen Ahmed so many times. <laughs> Okay, so Shireen, we've interviewed you several times about the Women's World Cup, and in each time we've avoided talking about the United States women's team. Kind of hard to do that now, isn't it? It is, and before we go any further, I would like to offer my congratulations to everybody um, in the United States who are not misogynist or sexist or racist or homophobic. Those fans get my 100% congratulations and applause. Your team did amazing, undeniably. So I'm just... You know, going on the defensive before you go on the offensive. Oh, I'm not going to go on the offensive. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. And we're, we, I do want to get into you some of the things you just mentioned in terms of like racism, misogyny, and how it played into this. But before we get to uh, the, the, necessi- the necessity of cleansing the dirt, I want to talk a little bit about the light. And that was this amazing tournament. And uh, let me just start with this. Did, do you, in your mind, did the best team win the World Cup? Um, yes, the best team considering the layout of the tournament. I think I'm going to phrase it that way, the Good. way that the tournament was structured. I do. There's, it's undeniable. I mean, Japan uh, were the defending world champs, and they couldn't keep up with the like, absolutely dynamic pace at which the United States started attacking. And I think that's really, really, really important to note. If France, so, um, so if France is in a different bracket, could you imagine a scenario where France wins this entire thing? I think that a lot of people have made that comment, and I've actually made that comment, that the game against France, the France and Germany game in the quarterfinals should have been either a semi or a final, but the bracketing didn't work out that way. For me, I kind of emotionally checked out after that game because for me that was the pinnacle of this. Like, I mean, that that match itself was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The, like the sport, the way it was played, the way it was done. I mean, the two teams coming at each other, like it was just, it was absolutely brilliant football start to finish. And then the dramatic penalty kicks. And, you know, I always say I hate penalty kicks, but I mean, they're not for, for, for a result to be decided in that manner. is difficult. Now I do think that the U S showed tremendously. They were super confident. I mean, and I'm really, really excited that, uh, like Jane Alice, her, um, She'd been challenged a lot. I don't know if it's, I mean, I've seen articles that have been blatantly sexist that have challenged her coaching the U.S. women's Mm -hmm. national team. And particularly after Pia Suntaj left for, for Sweden. And I think that she showed everybody wrong. She has a completely different style of play that works with the squad that she's currently coaching. And that's the most important thing. Um, I was happy to see that. I mean, there's elements of this that were, you know, really, really wonderful. It, it, it can be noted, and it, it, it should be noted, rather, that the, the Supreme Court decision came out, um, you know, during the middle of the tournament, and that affects players. From what I understand, there were 17 players and coaches that are publicly out, but mostly for West from Western teams. Mm-hmm. 
and the Global South, some of the teams participating don't actually aren't accorded those those rights yet. I know that Nigeria and Cameroon are definitely one of those. And to have the players be in a space, all players from all teams, where they can, it, it is known that it's a safe space. It's um, uh, queer friendly. It's it's understood. You can be who you are. And as Abby Wambach did say, be comfortable in your own skin. That is so important. See, I'm so glad you said that because right before you came on, uh, we I was debating Mark Barry here and Samantha, part of this too, about statistics versus what a player feels on the field of play. And it's like if I think you have to say like like emotions matter. Feeling safe in your skin matters. And so it's not just about the kind of statistics you produce and then figuring those out. I mean, it, it, there are invariable variables. And I think that the lifting of homophobia has got to be one of those invariable variables. I do. I think that this World Cup was really tremendous in the attention and around it and that players are being very public about, you know, and advocating. And I think that you know, I, you know, have a bit of a bias, but as a female player, there's that added responsibility of also advocating for your, your, your life and your choices and your beliefs. And I think that's really, it's very important to the women's game. And we naturally mm-hmm. become, as players, we become advocates and we become um, not spokespeople. I mean, people speak for themselves, but you know, advocating for and speaking about current issues. And it happened more at this tournament than any other tournament I've ever seen. And that's like a huge win for sport. And it reemphasizes, you know, that issues of social justice, sociopolitical mm-hmm. issues, geopolitical issues are all very prevalent in sport. So it kind of debunks the whole, well, sports shouldn't be political. Those people that come out of the woodworks and argue that, like, that's just simply not true. It's also, I think, a luxury to say that for some folks, a privilege, Absolutely. if you will, to I mean, say that. I had this conversation on Twitter the other day. People that argue that are really the, um, let me sit in my, you know, cover of white privilege and pass me a Bud Light. I don't want to be disturbed by something that doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, to put it very candidly, um, that's the, how I feel about it. And there's now this particular World Cup address has been addressing issue. There have been. Um, and we've only just scratched the surface, like you mentioned, well, issues yeah, in the global south and like how these, you know, how you, you know, build international solidarity without having it be, you know, a kind of Western cultural imposition. I mean, these are all huge questions and they're inextricably tied to the development of women's sports. It is. I mean, there have been critiques of um, um, the women's, the face of the women's national team about how it's not diverse enough. And those critiques are valid, but that gets back to federations and uh, smaller clubs and associations mm-hmm. supporting the development of the game. And it is a valid critique because, I mean, you look at the, t- the team, the squad of 23 women, and you're like, okay, you want people in, in, in Western nations to look at their team. Is it diverse? Does it actually reflect the population demographic of young players in the United States? And, and to be honest with you, and in Canada, it's the same thing. Um, do the media teams. I mean, Bell Media in Canada came out with, uh, was it 14 of, of, of the, the commentators and broadcasters? 14. Six were women, eight were men, and only one person was a person of color who was male. Mm. And for me, that's, that's problematic because I still coach in Canada, and the teams that I'm seeing in my neighborhoods and the cities 
are very diverse of young girls. So are those broadcasters, are those people representing and commenting on the game, are they being reflected? No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, so looking at the landscape, too, I wanted to ask you uh, a little less politically, but Carly Lloyd, I mean, do oh. we now have to say that Carly Lloyd is the best player in the world? Is she now de facto the best player in the world, or would you not put her in that discussion? I mean, I, I have problems with those labels to begin with. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure how to categorize and compare. And the women's game is, I'm one of those people that does believe that the women's game is different than the men's game and they're, they're, they're not quantitative, uh, they're qualitative similarities and they shouldn't be judged. And it's not a competition in that sense. Mm-hmm. I think she's outstanding and her goal took my breath away. You're completely. talking about the midfield goal. Yeah, it, that was her third goal, her hat oh. goal completely blew me away. I think every mouth in my house dropped. I have four men. I live with four guys. And the, I mean, three of those being my children that are male. Glad you <laughs> but, specified. Um, <laughs> if I was like, come and knock on a door. Okay. <laughs> but they were all literally like, because my children in their lifetime have never seen a goal in a final like that before, male or female. And that is something as a soccer player, I've dreamed of doing it. It's never sure. happened. We all try it. I mean, I'll shoot from midfield and I'll end up like maybe 10 yards in front of me. But for her, that to happen is just phenomenal. And it's probably, rightly so, the most talked about goal right now. I, I mean, I hear the excitement more so over this than any goal mm-hmm. from the, the, the World Cup in Brazil last year. Oh, and, absolutely. absolutely. And, totally and that's exciting. With... It's exciting for me that my sons are like, I want to sh- play like that or I want to I was telling somebody else that the expression in my family if one of my kid disses another one is oh you've been angered after needing anger and her famous gif of nice. dissing a player you know because of that total badass so. <laughs> well let, last question for you here because um, I did want to ask you this the, the most disappointing part from a social media perspective of the finals was the insane utterly disturbing deranged Really, really, really racist spike in references to Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Pearl Harbor that U.S. social media was doing. The the, the graph metrics of it were, were nauseating. And is it honest question for you? And I want to ask you this as a Canadian um, and as someone who has um, sympathies with the Middle East that I share vis-a-vis related to the United States. Is it possible to root for a U.S. national team? without it feeding into this imperial mindset? Can we delink these things? Absolutely. I I have so many friends that are like incredible advocates of social justice around the world and not just Middle East politics, politics in Africa and Global South and Latin America and justice is there. I count you one of them, obviously. And you can support your team without being a douchebag. It is very mm. possible. No one is forcing people to go online and talk about Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Pearl Harbor. And this, but don't forget, this happened before. This yep. happened at, in, in, at the Olympics in 2012 and I actually wrote about it because I was furious on my blog that I, I you know, it, there was automatic references to vengeance and getting back. And one of the tweets that most disturbed me was, oh, we're almost even, or now we're oh. even, because the women won gold, and rightly so. Their performance at the Olympics in, in London was amazing as well. But it, to compare it to the absolute horror and human tragedy that was, you know, Hiroshima Nagasaki, and the worst thing was that final was actually played on the anniversary of that date. Mm-hmm. And it was... It, it was very upsetting. So we see these trends, and they have to stop. I would have liked to see more players or maybe the Soccer Association of the U.S. speak out against it. I would have liked to see that, and I didn't see that happen. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think this particular tournament, people are far more on social media than they were at the last Women's World Cup, and viewership has increased. And these conversations and discussions are really important to have about how it's not okay. But a lot of people who were doing that were young women. Mm. God. And that's really problematic. Like, this has to be stopped. This is not okay on any level to talk about things in that manner. I mean, as a Canadian, I find it hysterically funny that there's people dressed up as bald eagles, and I really have had enough of those memes with, like, mm-hmm. you know, a bald eagle uh, with a soccer ball under its wing because America has saved soccer, um, <laughs> you know, from the FIFA stuff happening at headquarters to the FBI being involved. Like, the United States has not saved global football. I no. just really need to reiterate that. But yes, do I think that the American soccer engine has helped lift up the women's game? Yes, but we just have to be careful how that's raised and lifted. That's all. SharinaMed.com. That's how you find out more. That's how you read more. SharinaMed.com. SharinaMed.com. Shereen, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on Edge of Sports. Thanks so much for having me. And the last thing, if I can say, please keep watching women's sports. If it's NSWL, if it's the Women's Champs League in Europe, like, like you know, the, the Bundesliga, the women's side in France, wherever, keep supporting women in soccer. It hasn't ended. Yes. And broadcasters, make it easy for us to find, please. Yes, exactly. Ed, so thank you so much. And, hey, we'll be back right after this. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, joined by me, Mark Barry. How you doing, me, Mark? So good. And Samantha. How you doing, Samantha? Great. Samantha, I want to make the case to you that I am so happy, and I want to... <laughs> It's kind of a weird thing to say. Okay. Like, I'm so happy, Samantha, because these are what are normally referred to as the dog days of the sports calendar. The time of year where only people like Mark are happy because the only thing on is baseball. It's like post-World Cup, pre-stuff that's fun, and all you have (laughs) is just like, like a month and a half of humidity and waiting for fun stuff and watching old 30 for 30 documentaries. And yet we had this amazing story last night. It was so awesome. And let me just explain to you how it worked out. And then I'd like all your opinions on it. And then I have my own opinion about this situation. So you got DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is a very, very good center for the Los Angeles Clippers. He can't shoot. He's a terrific shot blocker, an amazing rebounder, and he's terrific around the basket. Uh, He he was drafted 35th in a second-round draft pick after being rumored that he might even be the number one pick that year because he's such an incredible athlete. Dropped all the way to 35, one of the biggest free falls ever, like a rumored number one going 35. And, you know, he spent his whole career trying to prove to people that he's an NBA player. He proves it. It looks like the Clippers are going to re-sign him for about $85 million over four years. He signs for $80 million over four years with the Dallas Mavericks. And people were really shocked about this, but it also made us some sense because he's from Texas. He apparently was chafing greatly by playing with a point guard named Chris Paul, who was apparently, as, you know, as the, the way sports scientists put it, a dick. And he <laughs> saw an opportunity with the Mavs to do what he couldn't do with the Clippers, which is be a top offensive option and show people that he was better than just a guy who dunked and got offensive rebounds, but who could really play. So this all got announced. 
Now, the NBA has this weird quirk in the rules called the moratorium period. It's about a little over a week where you can announce that someone is signed, but they haven't actually signed yet. And this is an old – it's actually this quirk in the rules goes back to before people used computers. And what it was meant to be was so teams could get their finances in order and their books in order after you agree before they actually sign. Totally anachronistic. And guess what? There's Because it's so anachronistic, there's been like this gentleman's agreement that's frankly written in indelible ink that once you announce that someone signed, hands off that person. Hands off. No one talks to them. That free agent is signed even if they're not really signed. So DeAndre Jordan uh, calls his teammates after signing, in quotes, with the Mavericks and says, gee, I'm having some second thoughts. And the Clippers, whose season just imploded by losing Jordan, I mean, really, like imploded, their whole next year, maybe their next several years, just died, uh, they rush to re-sign him. They rush to re-sign him. Rumors are going about. Chris Paul leaves his vacation in the islands. Via banana boat. Via banana banana boat. (laughs) To beg his forgiveness. And apparently he cried and said, I thought we were like brothers. And... They barricaded themselves in De- – this is true, and they, they put it all on Twitter, so we're following it in real time. They barricaded themselves in DeAndre Jordan's home and locked the doors. Not even DeAndre Jordan's agent knew where he was or could contact him. No one on the Mavericks could contact him. They, they were hiding his phone apparently, <laughs> and all they wanted to do was keep him there until midnight and sign him. The coach was there, it's Coach GM Doc Rivers, and it ended with DeAndre Jordan going back to the Clippers. Nothing like this has ever happened before. And it played out in real time over Twitter. It was unbelievable to follow, including one member of the Clippers, Blake Griffin, sending humorous tweets out like pictures of them barricading the door or in a tent. And it was hilarious and got a huge reaction. And, but, and it's some very serious stuff, too, because this destroys the Maverick season, by the way. Absolutely destroys it, guts it, wrecks it to the core. And a huge debate has developed between, like, did DeAndre Jordan break his word and destroy a franchise? And is he now someone who can never be trusted again? Or another way of looking at it is, well, you know what? He didn't really sign. People do have the right to change their mind in this world. And owners screw over players all the time. And why is it so terrible that he changes his mind? Now, my favorite wrinkle in this story is Chris Broussard, who is a NBA ESPN reporter guy. Uh, he tweeted in the middle, like in the middle of all this frenzy. So you've got all this frenzy last night, all these people making jokes, all these people looking for updates, all these people shocked because this never happens. And here you have uh, Chris Broussard tweet this. Sources, Mark Cuban is beside himself, driving around downtown Dallas, begging through texts Jordan's family for address to Giandre's home. Now, the image of a Goodfellas, Ray Liotta-esque, coked-up Mark Cuban driving himself around the (laughs) Dallas streets, frantically sweating, looking for his home, is awesome. This is more awesome, though. Is Mark Cuban replying to Chris Broussard, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. If you had any ethics, you would message me, and I will give you his address. My goodness. (laughs) I love this story so much. So, Dan Baker... Are you there, my friend? I'm here. I'm here. So first question is to you, and we'll go around the horn here. Pardon the expression. We actually use that phrase first. Um, <laughs> question for you. Is is DeAndre Jordan someone who went back on his word, who you are mad at? Or is DeAndre Jordan someone 
who's just, you know, don't hate the play or hate the game. This is the way it's set up. I mean, it, it, it is the way it's set up. He did go back on his word. And if, I mean, if I'm the Clippers, I don't know what I said the first time in the presentation, but for me, I, it kind of boils down to just basically two things. One, you could either show him his shot chart, and for last year, if you haven't seen it or don't know what it is, it's basically everything with within a couple feet of the basket, and there's like four or five shots from the entire season that are from a farther distance than that. So you could say, look at that. Are you going to get those shots with Dallas? No, we have Chris Paul, the best pass first point guard in the NBA. You should probably stay here. Or just give him a basketball, say go outside, you can't shoot within five feet, and show him a video of that after a couple minutes, and he'd probably be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I should probably stay with Chris Paul. Mm, all That's right. a well, terrible idea to move. Before I throw it to Mark, just just to uh, update on that, it is true that that's what DeAndre Jordan's shot chart looks like, but DeAndre Jordan really does believe he has more game than that. That shot mm-hmm. chart is part of the problem. Right. He's like, you're limiting me. And this is a crazy number, by the way, given the fact that he's over seven feet tall, that he played down on the blocks, is that I, I, I read this and I couldn't believe it. Like, he had, like, guess how many post-ups he had last year, Mark, where he got the ball in the post, turned, and shot? All of them? All, All of them. In, in how, an 82-game season. 18 times. I'm surprised That's, it was that high. Are you? That's crazy wow. to me. 18? Dude, 18 is a, is a good game for some. For Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, 18 is a slow game. Wow. 82 games. 18 times. You are what you are by now, and he can't do anything you just quote but coach? throw down yeah, lobs. He can't do anything but finish lob passes from Chris Paul. I mean, he hasn't tried to do anything else, for one. All right, I'm going to quote coach, too. Why are you talking, Dan? No, I'm just kidding. He never says that. Um, so, Mark, th- throw throw it to you, All man. Right. All right. So, are you hating the player or the game? I guess is the way we we break it down. I mean, thinking it through through DeAndre's eyes, he he gets twenty million more dollars by re-signing with the Clippers than with going to uh, Dallas to begin with, and it's, gets a sweet little thing where he gets to opt out in three years when the cap is absolutely. explodes. I, mean, so. I I feel like he absolutely had the Clippers over a barrel there, but it it it, it makes him seem a little bit weird that the about the the last second kind of kind of changing his mind sort of thing. I don't know. I think the Clippers are probably the better situation for him to begin with and I'm on his side. I mean, whatever. I mean, Mark Cuban's the person who's upset about it, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Always <laughs> look at who's mad. All right, what about you, Sam? No, no. Dan, if we got to extend this segment, we're extending this segment. I don't care what order everything's in. Sam. All right. No. Hating the player of the game. I think this is going to make the best 30 for 30 someday. Hell yeah. It's going to be <laughs> it's great. It's got to be produced like now. I'm I want so it really bad. Um, and I'm just sort of struck by the, the impact of social media. Oh, yeah. Because now we don't have to be like, oh, he just sort of hid out in his own house after he changed his mind and was sort of hiding there. They got to spin it so that it was this like cute, fun thing and got a whole bunch of publicity for them. And so pe- less people are hating the player. That's because a great point. they mm. get to be like, look how fun this is. And that's what people are going to remember, not that he went back on his word. There, yeah, oh there's some God. people who are mad, but oh my God. more people are like, woo, emojis. That, that's really profound point because I think you, you totally nailed something. Like I think that like because I, I was surveying social media too and it was like other than the hardcore Dallas fans, people really weren't hating on them that much. Like people were kind of digging it. It's and like excited a about it. Boy movie. Yeah, and but and it's sort of like but but also with a little vulnerability. Yeah. 
And so, so it like it let because part of it is so because you said frat boy movie, and I, I, I sort of um, immediately associate frat boy movies with a kind of toxic masculinity, and there, but there was something about this also that's not toxic masculinity. It's this idea that for I really do believe that for DeAndre Jordan, he just wanted Chris Paul to say that he liked him. Yeah, he felt disliked <laughs> and disrespected by Chris Paul. It's like, oh, they want me to stay. Yes. Look at all the effort they put out. He wanted Chris Paul to tell him that he loved him. Yeah. I mean, so it's also like it's like a frat boy movie rom-com. slash rom-com. Hey, Kobe, it's Jerry Maguire. Yes. It's Jerry Maguire. And um, Mark's favorite movie. So it's... It's a good it's, movie. It, it is, <laughs> it's got its moments. It's, got, it's um, a good movie. Yeah. You had me at marketing plan. Mm. Is, was this you whole, had me let, at, let's not forget. You had me at emoji. Yes. Let's not forget Chandler Parsons' incredible reaction on Twitter after it, the Jordan signed with the Clippers officially was, I thought I had a good pump fake. Because he, he was about to be known for recruiting two of the best centers in the league to Texas within a couple years. Yeah, I don't get the joke, though. I thought I had a good pump fake. I thought it was I funny. DeAndre I thought it was light. He, what? He, he faked out the, the Mavericks is what the— oh, oh, and I thought I had a good pump fake. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I didn't get it without italics or, you know— a winking eye or something. I just it's thought okay. he was talking about his game. Like, I thought maybe he was just randomly. I thought I had a good pump fake, and he's working on <laughs> Non-sequiturs. it. Non-sequiturs. Yeah. Just a big non-sequitur mm-hmm. by Chandler Parsons. Look, that's another thing, too. If someone named Chandler Parsons <laughs> is having a bad day, that's not a bad day. Uh... That's not a bad day at all. I love this. I love that the Clippers are going to matter when they wouldn't have. It makes the West more interesting. I love that Dallas now has to face what they didn't want to face, which is that they have to rebuild in Frankly, I love that I don't have to watch DeAndre Jordan try to pretend like he's Akeem Olajuwon for the next three years because that would have been very painful to watch because he really does have – DeAndre Jordan is like the Liam Neeson dude in, in Taken. You know, he has a very particular – Set of skills. Set of skills. <laughs> and those skills do not include being Bernard King. They just don't. But I think you make a great point. Like I think like they use social media in a way – to make it that Mark Cuban, because by the way, everyone's today like laughing about this and they're like, oh my God, this was so much fun. Mark Cuban is putting out these embittered posts where Mark Cuban, and this is rare for, say what you want about Mark Cuban, he rarely sounds like the old guy yelling at the cloud. You know, for all of his faults, the arrogance, the frat boy panache, the, the Ayn Rand populism, it's all like really super annoying. And um, who is John Galt? Just go away. And, and, you know, oh, I, I walk to the other side of the street. I'm honest when I talk about race. I'm scared of both a black guy and a white guy with tattoos and 30-inch biceps and tattoos all over his body and a shaved head. It's like oh, those are two very different things. And all right, the point is, is that Mark Cuban sounds like the old guy yelling at the cloud right now. Like he's like, these guys concern it with their emojis. And everybody else is like laughing about this and glad that the gang is back together. It's nice. I am so for this, and this is why I tell thee now that the Clippers, can't believe I'm saying this, I now have them making the Western Conference Finals. Wow. What happens next is anybody's guess, but that's what I like as of this point. You heard her here first, Edge of Sports, Coach isn't here to argue with me. I do kind of miss Coach, though, because he would be the one here being like, DeAndre Jordan broke his word. In my day, your word meant something. Flibbity flu. <laughs> so I miss that. Hey, we got to go to break. We'll be back after this. One, one, two, three. Don't one, two, move. Three. 
Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Force Radio. Uh, if Edge of Force. Edge of Sports Edge Radio. Of Force. Look, if you've been listening to the whole show, you know that Samantha dropped reference to Bryce Harper's uh, male pulchritude in the body image issue of ESPN. So, Samantha, we get that Bryce Harper made a libidinous connection. Talk to us. Anybody else uh, look good or interesting in the body issue? Anything you want to share? Any observations? I am a huge fan of the body issue in general. Mm-hmm. And not just from a, you know, liking to look at pretty people mm-hmm. connection. Because um, they're not all pretty. Yeah, they aren't all pretty. Well, no. They, I mean, I mean my, by that I mean that it's a variety of tastes yes. for people who might find some things pretty and not others. They're not of a type is what I'm trying yeah, to say. They're traditional beauty. All of them are right. traditionally beautiful. Um, but I think I've never been an athlete, uh, but... I love looking at the different types of bodies and sort of where the muscular definition is. Because that's and, what they have in common is yeah. there are different muscular definitions and, with different sports. And yes, Bryce Harper struck my fancy particularly. Um, but in, there's, a, there's a video of him during the shoot. And I, for one, never realized how muscular baseball players had to be. Uh, because you see them almost fully clothed so often. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of the, the female athletes, they wear so little that I'm like, I'm used to seeing most of a female athlete's body. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bryce Harper also pumped up a lot this yeah, offseason. I don't think baseball players really are that muscular. Some, I are. Think Some are. Some are, but and it's not pr- the sort of thing. Fielder. Like, like, just for example, like in the NBA, it's more likely to have someone muscular than not. Mm-hmm. I think baseball, more likely not than have. Yeah. Mark disagrees, but that's okay. Um, um, but He's never been in the locker room smelling the muscles. Um, or lack thereof. At I least I also, thought that was muscles. I was also a big fan of the Colts offensive line photo mm. because it looks like they're having a lot of fun. In their and, nudity? Yeah, because they're like holding the helmets in front of themselves. Mm. Uh, but they're they're obviously laughing about it. And I, I would love to see there's been some great body positive quotes oh, great. from all sorts of people, but I would love to see a little bit more of that levity from both genders well, that nice. are portrayed in the, the issue. That's good to know for next time. A little more um, g- good good vibes maybe next year yeah. among female athletes. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, no, it's an interesting issue. I was down on it when they first started doing it, but actually I find it really interesting because I actually think it's very like desexualized. It's mm-hmm. more like interesting. Yeah. You know, and that's what's kind of cool about it as opposed to the, the airbrushed awfulness that is like the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Yeah, so bad. it looks more like Where they now have integrated like athletes into it. Because is, of ESPN. Which is gross. Yeah. Well, hey, we got to go right now. Samantha, please come back. It was great to have you. I'll do my best. Thank you. We'll, we'll be back uh, next week. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.